Hello, everybody. Here we are, me and Denise de Lima here to record a 30 questions or more. Well, Denise, this is a simple podcast, no edition, no sound effects. We are going just to speak English. I am going to ask you 30 or more questions and you okay. also feel free to talk to me, to ask me questions back the way you want, okay? Okay. All right. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to start with a very basic question. Really, really basic. So, dude, what's your full name? Well, my full name is Denilso de Lima. Oh. Just, just that. That's just that. Nothing else. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to listen to your spelling. Can you spell Denilso to me, please? Uh, the, the the whole name? The no, just name? the new, so okay. I guess it's all right. Uh, it's D-E-N-I-L-S-O. All right, dude. We were talking before the recording start about the Ukraine, the Russia, the tension out there. And uh, I was going to ask you a question about the alphabet. Most part okay. of my students, they don't understand why it's so important to master the alphabet. What do you think about this? Is it really important to master the alphabet in a second language that we are studying? Well, I, th as, I think it is because uh, sometimes you may have to spell your name to mm -hmm. people or you even have to ask people to spell their names or you don't know how to... to uh, to spell a word that you have to write so you mm. have to ask someone how to spell it well the problem with the the english alphabet is that we don't uh we don't pronounce the letters the same way that we pronounce when we are reading a text okay so but it, it is important in order to uh have this communication going on with people when it comes to spelling how do you spell a word how do you spell your name how do you spell something so it's important to, to learn that. Oh, I do believe in it, especially because when we are abroad, I mean, I've never been abroad, but if I had been there, I'm, I know that it's not common to, to have a guy there with the name Eduardo or maybe Denilso. We yeah. would have to spell our names all the time, right? It's just like my wife, her last name is Hitsky. So you have to spell that too. Even in Portuguese, you have to spell all the time. Oh, Hitsky. Yeah, it's H-I-T-Z-S-C-H-K-Y. Wow, is this German? Yeah. I guess it is. It's something from there, you know? <laughs> um, it's a kind of, well, she got that from her grand great-grandfather who came wow. here, but they, uh, it's not Germany. It's from another place that I can't remember right now. Okay. But it's close, okay? It's <laughs> in the area. I see. I see. I feel you. And tell me, man, where are you from? Well, originally, I'm from uh, Paraná. I was born in Santa Helena, Paraná. But my family then my family moved to Curitiba. But when I was two years old, my family came to live in the north of Brazil, in Rondônia. Mm -hmm. So right now, I'm... I, I've been living in Puerto Valle for quite a while, okay? I grew up here. So I was born in Paraná, but I grew up in Rondônia, in Puerto Velho. All right. And uh, you said that you you were born in Santa Helena, Paraná? 
Yep, I'm, I'm yeah. actually I'm Paranaense. It's a big coincidence. I mean, my father, he was born in Bahia, uh, okay. Jequié, the name of the city. And Jequié is, is the yeah, Jequié is the name of the street I live in here. Oh man, another big coincidence, <laughs> I'd say. But yeah. look, when my father was five years old, he moved with his whole family to Paraná, Santa Helena. Are you sure? Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and now you are in Jequié. My father was from Santa Helena. Crazy talk. Huh? Okay, hold on, hold on. He was five years old when his family moved to Santa Helena? Yeah, yeah. Wow. What, what year was that? Oh, I'm not sure. In fact, okay. uh, to be sincere but, with you, I don't really know my dad's age. I guess it's 60 okay. something, you know? Okay, but, but, but he lived in Santa Helena for a long time. No, 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 he didn't. I guess he stayed there for some months. I need to confirm okay. it with him, but it it wasn't for so long, you know? Okay, yeah, because uh, I was in, well, our families kind of uh, met each other back in the past. This is kind of <laughs> weird, you know? Yeah, but uh, no. This is just going through my mind here, but okay, um, yeah. Pretty dope, man, pretty dope. And tell me, uh, did you learn English at school? No, actually, I I learned English by myself. I'm a self-taught. I've never been to an English language school uh, to learn English. So I always learned English by myself. So we say that I'm a self-taught. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember because I'm a big fan of your work, you know, I have all your books and stuff. And I remember, I don't know if I read it on English na lingua or English na ponta da lingua or if it was in your book. But I remember that you said that you learned by that old technology, the, the tapes. Yeah. Yes. Well, with the old technology was first the books. I learned from books because uh -huh. I used to... Uh, I was studying at a school, you know, a uh, regular school, not an English language school, but a regular school. Uh, in this regular school, there was a library. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there was a library. <clears throat> so I used to uh, get to school a little bit earlier than okay. the normal classes started. And I would copy texts from the, the English books so that I could learn or study those texts at home uh, at night. So this is the, the year is 1989. So this is when I, 1988 to 1989, this is when I started learning English by myself. Uh, then uh, somebody gave me, a pastor from the church I, I used to go, he gave me a, a, a set of tapes, but I didn't have a, a, a player to listen to the tapes. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was, Uh, I was able to listen to English for the first time in 1993. It was the beginning, at the beginning of the year, 1993. I had an aunt and she gave me a, a player, you okay. know, so okay. that I could um, listen to the tapes that I used, to, that, that I had. And this was the first time I, I listened to English. Uh, before that, it was totally the old technology called the books, pens and notebooks and all this kind of thing. Oh, my. So you spent a lot of time, I mean, from 89 to 93, just to get in contact with English in the written system. Yeah. 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 But well, uh, people ask me how I uh, practice the pronunciation. 
And I say that I used to have a dictionary with the pronunciation written in Portuguese. Oh, right. So the word, the word hello, uh, it would be written in English, but the pronunciation would be in Portuguese, like R-E-L-O-U. And I would re <laughs> read hello. 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 Uh -huh. See? Uh, So basically, the, that was my my pronunciation was terrible, really, really terrible, Eduardo. Uh, and I remember that um, I made a lot of mistakes. I mispronounced a lot of words. But when I had the opportunity to learn to listen to English, I started correcting myself. And this is one thing people have to understand. They are going to make mistakes. They are going to say things in the wrong way at the beginning. No problem with that. But when you learn the correct way, you are going to change your mind Uh, into the correct way. Uh -huh. So, for example, I would pronounce the name of the country Brazil. I would pronounce Brazil. I don't know why I would say Brazil, but that was the way I pronounced. Mm -hmm. Then I learned Brazil. There was the word vi uh, the word for veículo in English, which is vehicle. Uh -huh. And my pronunciation would be like vehicle. I don't know why. It sounds great so saying vehicle, but the correct <laughs> pronunciation is vehicle. Uh -huh. So, There were a couple of words that I mispronounced, but when I had the chance to listen to English, I started having access to uh, dictionaries with the CD-ROMs mm -hmm. and also working in English language schools because I started working in an English language school in 1995. Uh, that is when I'm hired uh, by the first English school in my life. I started listening to listening to the correct English, to the correct pronunciation. This is how I started changing my English. But I, 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 I must confess here that one of my greatest struggle in learning English was pronunciation, like intonation. Mm -hmm. uh, I had some hard time in order to learn that because my my intonation would sound, sometimes it sounds like Bra uh, Brazilian speaking. We have a way of uh, saying the words we have the musicality the flow and everything mm -hmm. but it took me some time to learn that I but i never I cared you know i all i knew that i could speak english i knew that i could communicate with people i even today after 30 years learning the language 33 years to be more specific uh i'm still learning uh, i'm still learning the language we are learners all the time we keep improving day by day Totally, man. That's why I admire a lot your job because you put yourself as an eternal learner. I mean, that, there's always something new to learn, you know? Sure. Always. Yeah, totally. Man, And I, we are never we are never good enough in the things that we know. For example, I realized recently, I, I realized that I was mispronouncing the pronunciation of the preposition on. You know, it's a simple word, mm -hmm. but I was mispronouncing the word. I was saying on. So uh, this is a podcast, but I don't know if people can can uh, get the, 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 the difference, right? Listening. But the wrong pronunciation sounded like on, on, mm -hmm. on. The correct pronunciation is on, on. Now, both uh, first the, the, the wrong one that I was mispronouncing and then the correct one. On, 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 on. You, I don't know if you can realize the difference, but there is a difference. I can. And I noticed that I was mispronouncing other words as, uh, for example, I was saying wonder instead of wonder, wonder, oh. which is the same thing. 
And uh, I, so we mispronounce words after 30 years working with English, learning English. I was mispronouncing, making mistakes in pronunciation. And then I realized that and I started correcting myself. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I, what I want to say here is you may know a lot of things in English. You may have a very good English. You may, you know, uh, never take for granted or never think that you are not making mistakes because maybe we are, you oh. know, and this is really funny. So that's why I keep improving. I keep learning all the time. Uh, there is always something new to learn and there is always something to correct in the way that you speak English. I see. I see it. And about the confidence. I mean, you were always confident about your English. Uh, when did you feel, did you first feel that, wow, I can communicate myself in English. I can speak with people. They can understand me. I can understand them too. When did you feel that for the I, first time? I, well, this is a question people keep asking me sometimes, and I don't know the answer to that. I just know that, it, you know, it happened. I kept studying the language, and in one moment, I could understand the movie, not everything, something uh -huh. in the movie. I could understand the lyrics of a song, not everything, but something. Uh -huh. I was listening to an interview on TV and I could, uh, I knew what the person was saying. Sometimes I didn't, it's okay. But I would say, well, first I was always very curious about the language and I was a kind of, I was usually bold in order to ask people. So mm -hmm. uh, when I was, Whenever I was uh, downtown here at the, the city center, yeah, I remember that I, I could spot um, people who weren't from here. Okay, they were foreigners, okay. and I would ask them, uh, and the guy would say, Ah, so, uh, sinto muito não falar português. Okay, uh, what time is it? That would be my pronunciation, very, very Portuguese way. Uh -huh. uh, which, what time is it? Okay, uh, now it's <laughs> what, what time is it? What time is it? And they would say, oh, you speak English. You know some English. And I, yeah, I, you know, more or less, so, so, that kind of thing. Uh -huh. And they would talk to me in a very clear way. I could understand sometimes, but we tried to communicate. And that, uh, I was this kind of guy, okay, who would do things in order to practice the language. And, uh, but I would say now, uh, getting back to your question, I guess when I started having confidence was when I passed the first, uh, my first examination, the FEC, uh, the year was 1998. Before okay. that, I thought my English was like, oh, you know, I have to improve a lot. I have to learn a lot. I don't know. How uh, am I going to sound in the real world? What is going to happen if I talk to a native? And my English wasn't like that back then. Uh -huh. My English was more British, you know? I wouldn't speak like that. So my English would sound like this. What exactly are you, do are you, are you doing here? Why are you asking me these questions? I don't know the answer to them. I wish... <laughs> I had all the answers to the questions you asking me, but it's not possible because we never have all the answers. So give me a break. You know, I would, <laughs> I would sound like that, but kind of better because I haven't been practicing my British English, but uh -huh. you know, 
I was very good at it. <laughs> wow, man, it's such a, a new character here for me. I didn't know that you could communicate in British English. Too, yeah, I, I can, I, yeah, I, I usually tell people that I can speak, um, I can speak six languages. Uh, all of them are different accents of English. Okay, so, so I, can you name I have them? The, yeah. I have this uh, RP received pronunciation, okay, uh -huh. which is the, the the common British English that people think that is easy. Okay, uh, it's clear, it's okay, it's great. It's the one that the BBC makes use of. I have the standard American English, which is the English I'm using right now. Okay, uh, I can't fake it right now, but uh, the Indian English, uh, we I have the Irish English. Is for right Australian oh. English uh -huh. and uh, Appalachian Appalachian English. It, what? Yeah, Appalachian English is the most difficult American English accent uh, that people are going to to listen to. Really? It's not the Texan. Yeah, people think that the Texans speak really, really weird. But when you hear the Appalachian English, it's it's even weirder than the, the the texan english you know oh. the the way for you they say oh it's back yonder oh it's back back yonder oh you're a studying back yonder so <laughs> this thing here is is full of sign goggles sign goggles uh you know, you've got to get you you have to get to get that thing ready you know it's straight for because it's all sign goggle and people don't understand what that is because they have the words. So back uh, yonder is the word for there. Uh, sign goggle means uh, that is a lot of curves in the street and uh, or the thing that you were doing is not straight. Okay. Uh, yeah, they have some characteristic. For, they don't say you are studying. Or for example, let me change this. They don't say you were studying they say you was you was a studying a they they have a, an a the word a before uh in here because it, it, it's uh they got that from the english uh from the wow from the 13th century which was the show city english or some uh, a change from the old english to the middle english uh -huh. back in the, those times the Amer the english language uh, they didn't have this characteristic of saying we are studying. So they had a verb, uh, a preposition before that. So they would go like we are on studying. So they have to, you have to use the preposition in uh, in Old English. Uh -huh. uh, but the language changed. Uh, it started to change to to an A. So they would say you are a uh, you are. I studying, and then the normality, the normalcy kind of English we have, uh, you don't have to use anything in there. So that's why we say today, you are studying and not you are on studying or you are I studying. Mm -hmm. This is old English to middle English. And uh, in this Appalachian English, they still have this grammatical characteristic or reminiscence from the past. Wow, man. It's a very technical conversation, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can say, I mean, I didn't know that you could communicate in all those different accents. I mean, I'm Yeah, terrible. well, I wouldn't say that I can right now because, you uh -huh. know, I didn't have a, someone to practice with. But you can but, understand and, them clearly. Yeah, sure, uh -huh. totally. So, but in, in, in understanding, I can understand a lot of, a lot of 
accents, like the mm -hmm. Scottish accent or the New Zealander or the South African uh, accent. I can understand all of them. Mm -hmm. Even the uh, Guyanese, which is from the America, right? Yeah. I, can, I can grasp what they, they're saying. The only thing that I can't understand is the expressions, the slang words they may use or create. Because uh -huh. now as I am... Uh, I'm a, research, a researcher of the developments of American English. So I keep all my learning in American English. I see. You focus on that, right? Yeah. The, the grammatical changes they are, they're having, how they are setting apart from the British English uh, uh, in, in the line of time. Of course, I know a lot of the standard British English, the RP, because it's the basis for everything. Yeah. Uh, but I also, but right now I'm focusing on the, the, the differences and changes in American English. I see, I see. But I just asked you about your confidence to speak English because I remember back when I started studying English, I was born, I was born in 1991, okay? And then okay. I started studying English in 1999. I was eight years old and uh, probably I don't know if you know this story, but I started learning English. The, my real motivation to learn English, it was because of a dog. My dad arrived home with a pet, a puppy, you know, and then I tried to play with it and say, hey, dad, come here in Portuguese, of course. And then my dad told me, hey, dude, don't you know, this dog can only understand if you speak with him in English. And I said, yeah. And he said, yeah. And then he said, would you like to learn? And I said, totally. And he was already playing this to enroll me okay. in English school, you know. Okay, yeah. to get you in an English language school in order to exactly. learn. Okay, exactly. could could he could, could he speak English? No, no. But no? in okay. fact, no, no. My parents they don't speak English at all. But they okay. knew it back in 1999. They knew that in the future it would change my life. Thank okay. God they did this because it really did. You know, it really okay, helped yeah. me. Yeah, I see. Yeah, great. But Man, I'd like to ask a little bit more about your professional life now. I mean, you okay. have always been an English teacher or have you worked as a different for a different profession too? Wow. You, you know, when I was a teenager, I worked, uh, I had other jobs, of course. Okay. Mm. Uh, I was, uh, I remember that when I, uh, I got a little bit older, I was, uh, oh my, I forgot the word for that in English. Uh, I was, uh, oh, insurance, uh, health insurance okay. seller. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was selling health, health insurance plans. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't my profession. Well, let's say that I was trying to find something in life in order to make money or to earn money, not to make money, but to earn money. Uh -huh. And I, uh, I was doing doing this for money okay and i was uh, i was studying theology at the time theology. so when, yeah I, I i my first graduation is in theology because i wanted to be a missionary okay i would like to go to another country to help people etc 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 to talk about god and jesus christ and christ and all that thing mm -hmm. uh But things changed in my family. It was only my father, my mother, my sister, and me. And, uh, well, I was the, the, the boy in the family. So I had to stay with my family in order to help them. How could I help other people in the world and leave my family alone? My mother got cancer uh, oh, sometimes. So I had to stay there in order to help 
pay the bills and all, do all this stuff. Uh, I started teaching as a volunteer uh, in the, the church I used to go to in 1993. So this is when I started teaching English, but as a volunteer, I wasn't mm -hmm. hired for any school. But I, was, I, I, I counted this as an important part of my life because I learned a lot of things, okay? Especially when it comes to answering questions or uh, uh, to learners, because if they have a question, it's a genuine question. They, they are not asking questions because they are trying to test you. Yeah, some people do that, I know. <laughs> But uh, I respect all the questions that I get. It could be the, the silliest question. I, I try to answer them. Uh -huh. So uh, this is how I started teaching English. It was only teaching things from school, like the, the verb to be or the present continuous or the difference between there is and there are, there was, there were. So a school thing, okay? Mm, totally. So uh, uh, for kids in the schools. In 1995, I was selling health insurance plans, and there was this school next to the place I used to work, and the girl said, hey, they have this English school here, and I was reading the newspaper, saying, I was reading the newspaper, they are looking for teachers, and why don't you go there? And I said, are you sure about that? Because, you know, I'm not an English language teacher, I don't know, I've never uh, being in English language school, are they going to hire me? And she said, why don't you try? Huh. So I thought, well, okay. And I was kind of in love with her. So I want to impress her, you know? So, okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah. This is a huge motivation we have in life, which is when you are in love with someone or, you know, you have a thing with them. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Then I went to this school. I gave them my, the first time I went into an English language school was this very moment in life when I give, uh, I gave them my, my resume and they invited me for the training. And I said, okay, let's go there. My English was terrible, Eduardo. My English was horrible. You know, I was learning by myself. My pronunciation was, you know, uh, hilarious. And I went to this training for the first, the first day. It was a Monday. And uh, the other teachers, you know, people who lived in the U.S., their English was amazing. They could speak English all the time. And I was kind of lost in there looking around and say, what the hell am I doing here? Uh, I don't want to be here anymore. I have a lot, of, a lot to learn. This is not my world. Okay, bye-bye. And that's it. The training was over on Monday. Uh, I went home and I didn't uh, go back on Tuesday. But then the guy called home and said, hey, I want to talk to the news. And I said, yes, it's me speaking. And he said, um, are, aren't you coming to the training today? And I said, uh, no. And he said, why not? And I said, because, you know, I can't speak English. I'm not that good like the other guys in there. So I don't have a chance, you know, uh, you're not going to hire me. And then he said, uh, we are not hire, hiring people only for because of their English. There is all the the, the being friendly with the learners, the, the way that you teach, you know, all this charisma with other people. This is what we are looking for as well. So it's not only English. And we are the ones who are going to say if you are fit for the job or not. Whoa. So you have 30 minutes to be here if you want to try, if you want to. Uh, if you want this chance to show who you really are. And I said, oh, okay. So, yeah, in 15 minutes, I was there. I got my bike, you know, 
I went there biking fast as I could. And I, I was uh, in the training and on Friday they hired me. So this is the first moment in life that, uh, or the moment that I am hired, uh, uh, that I was hired uh, by an English language school. I started teaching. It was great. It was nice. It was fun. I met a lot of people. I changed the love of my life because I met one of the learners. And, you know, it, it was only, I, I was the kind of teacher that, okay, this is just for a time. I don't want to be a teacher. And, they, you know, I'm here for the money. In 1997, I was working at another school. I was kind of tired. Oh, this sucks. You know, it's always grammar. Teach this. And uh, it's the same thing. What's your name? Where are you from? What do you do? The present simple, past simple, ED, S at the end of the word. When is the present simple, third person singular, uh, conditionals. So I was like, I don't want this anymore. This is not what I want for my life. And I was finishing my theology course. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try business administration or accountancy. But I read, uh, I got a magazine for teachers and I read an interview. And this interview opened my eyes. And at that moment, I, I say, in 1997, I said, I want to be a professional in this field. This is a science. Teaching English is not only teaching verbs or grammar or vocabulary or phrasal verbs or idioms there there is a whole thing in there so this is the moment when i i become a teacher a, a professional teacher mm-hmm. i started taking courses in linguistics i get involved in methods and approaches the story of uh, the the history of ma- uh, methods and approaches in english language teaching the history of english language teaching in the world when it started when uh, what changed in the the whole thing it's more than 500 years uh, uh, of history in there and, and well here we here i am as a professional in the field with books i have three books written and you know them Uh, I'm a teacher trainer. I give lectures for Oxford University or Longman or any other huge things. I'm a kind of expert in the English, in the, the, the history of English language. Mm-hmm. So it's not only the history of English language teaching, but also the history of English language, uh, the, the, the history of English language as a language, the changes in the language um, that we had. And that we are about to see in the future, like the TH sound is going to disappear. The modal must is not going to be used anymore in the sense of have to. So things are changing this way. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the, the pronoun whom, uh, which is disappearing as well. So we don't have to teach that anymore. So, and, you know, I, I, I'm involved in this kind of research. And also corpus linguistics, applied linguistics, uh, lexical acquisition, and all that stuff. My Lord, man, you're such a geek, right? <laughs> Holy yeah, I, I, I tell teachers, you have to keep learning, not only the language, but uh, uh, even the minds of people, how people are, the brain, how mm-hmm. people learn a language. Mm-hmm. How am I going to teach uh, uh, uh an adult, a grown-up student, okay, which is totally different from a kid. So people say, oh, you have to learn English as a kid. No, you don't have to learn as a kid. Kids learn in one way. Kids' brain is totally different from a grown-up's brain. So okay. we have to teach grown-ups, not only kids, okay? I'm not dealing with kids. Okay. And we try to break some uh, 
some of the myths that we have around, like speak like a native, that is total total BS. Mm -hmm. um, we have the if you want to learn English, you have to live abroad where the language is spoken. This is English that I speak all the time. I've never lived abroad. I've never been to an English language course. I've ne I never, I've never taken an English language course. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess my English is okay. I, I, I'm, a, I'm really pretty happy with my English. So oh, you don't you have to live abroad. Okay. You don't have to live abroad. You don't have to, you know, of course, it's a, a wonderful experience, but these are the kind of myths that as a professional, talking mm -hmm. about my profession, that we try to deconstruct, you know. I see. If, I see, I, I see. I, this is a, a terrible word to use, but okay, I'll stand. <laughs> Did you, you have a huge impact in the English language teaching here in Brazil, right? You, I don't know yeah. if you know how big you are. How, because, man, it's almost impossible <laughs> for me to think uh, about a great English teacher who doesn't know anything about you. I mean, about your story, about everything that you published, about your blog, your site, whatever, your name. Yeah, the, the, you mentioned the blog, and we have to remember that the Inglês na Ponta da Língua is a blog. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one of the first blogs in English language teaching and English language learning in Brazil. Yeah. So. It, it's since 2007? Yeah. 2007, but I started giving tips online in 2005 uh, on Orkut, you know. Orkut, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, he talks a lot about... Yeah, but uh, what did you say about this whole thing being no. an influence for other the, teachers? The thing is, I, I always had you as a big source of information. I always mm -hmm. had you as a source of inspiration because first, okay. back yeah. then in 2010, back in 2010, uh -huh. when I created, it wasn't VPFI, it was você pode falar inglês blogspot.com. And I remember mm -hmm. I accessed your website, your blog every single day. And I imagine, oh man, this teacher is awesome. This guy is the guy, you know? And I, I would <laughs> like you to, to tell me some other references in Brazil, because I know Tecla Sapi, uh, English experts with Alessandro Brandão, Ulysses, you know, those guys. Mm -hmm. I would like you to tell me other references here in Brazil that you may say, wow, these guys, they are important in the English teaching. Because I'm, I'm tired, man. I'm tired of listening to people talk about uh, Gavin, Mario Vergara, those guys, they are so sensationalist, <laughs> you know. I really, uh -huh. I really don't feel I, them I, like professionals. When it comes to uh, uh, this whole thing of learning and acquiring the language, we have the guys in universities. We have some great names in Brazil that are uh, the teachers in the, the applied linguistics uh, mm -hmm. uh, linguists, actually in the in the field field. Uh, oh, I can't remember all the names right now, but we have teachers. In, uh, I'm I'm to avoid uh, uh, problems, we have some teachers in the University of Brasilia, the University of Minas Gerais, the University of Paraná, even the guys in USP, mm -hmm. you know, uh, these, uh, we have some people who uh, are studying and talking about language teaching and language learning and language acquisition. When it comes to the web, Okay, to the to the to the web to the internet, uh -huh. uh, we have Karina Fragoso. Uh, we we have. Uh, we, you know, I don't trust everyone. That is the mm -hmm. point. 
I see. You know, I, I because what what is the thing here? Some people really want. They are so sensationalists, and they are not teachers. Okay, uh -huh. they are not prof professionals in the field. They are people who know English. They read a couple of things. They started this digital marketing thing, and okay, now mm -hmm. I'm a teacher. And I say, no, you are not. Yeah, okay, you are a teacher, right? But you are not an English language teaching professional, which is uh -huh. totally different from the, the from the way that we see. I see, uh, I see. But I like Karina. I like uh, the. Uh, I can't remember her name, but the girl from Bilingui. Uh, I have, um, you know, Ludmila from Brazil Polyglota. Uh -huh, okay? I know we, her. I have. Uh, the, I have uh, some people. A lot of people here in mind right now, but I can't remember their names. I remember the faces, but not the names. It's totally weird that. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have Eduardo. Eduardo wrote for English na Ponto da Língua a couple of texts. Remember? <laughs> I do. I can't believe that my texts are there. You wrote, you, you, you wrote in 2012 a text called, uh, the title is Os Inglês do Dia Todo. Yeah. I, I remember that. And uh, you also wrote, let me... There is another. There are other ones here, I guess, but I can't find all of them. We have this dicas para desenvolver a fluência. You wrote that one. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Wow, man. That's I remember true. back then in 2010, I traced my professional plans. You know, I wanted to in 2020. I wanted to be the best English teacher from my city yeah. in 2030. Do you remember? <laughs> in 2030, it was from the state, and 2040, it was from the whole country. I mean, uh -huh. man, in my city today, we have, I live in an egg. It's a small city, a really small city. So we have three big companies connected to English, but the, the top one school in the city today, it's the teacher do school, you know, it's the VPFI. Uh -huh. So I got so amazed when I, I say, wow, I got the first professional plan. It's done, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get the second one. Now in Sao Paulo, when people think about English teaching, they will feel, wow, have you ever heard about Eduardo Soto, about VPFI, about this, you know? So I'm you know, trying, I'm trying. Back in 1998, 1998, I was, uh, no, actually 1999, 1999, yeah. <laughs> I, I was working, actually I was training to work at a school and I was talking to the teachers and coordinators and the coordinator uh, who was responsible for training the teachers for that school, hmm. she said, what is your professional goal? And I, I, I looked at her and said, you know, my professional goal is to become the best English language teacher in Porto Velho. And then she said, uh, I want to be, she said, I want to be the best English language teacher in the state of Rondonia. Whoa. And I said, that is, that is my second move. So, uh -huh. and then she looked at me and said, she, she, kept looking and said, don't worry, because you are a woman and I am a man and I know the difference. So you can be the best female teacher and I can be the best male teacher. Don't worry. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to compete with you. Awesome. I never said, I never said, I, I never had the idea to be well known in the whole country as an English language teacher. Uh -huh. I never, I never planned for that. It only happened. And uh, well, because of the books, because of the, the, the blog, uh, because of the things I say and the teachers who keep reading and talking about my work, this is awesome. This is great. Sometimes people uh, 
here in Puerto Velho, not everybody knows about this. It's not everybody who knows that I'm an English language teacher. They think I'm a photographer. <laughs> and this is great because it's, you know, my, my uh, uh, secret identity. <laughs> okay, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, but about the photography, I guess uh, you really love doing that, right? Yeah, I started photography back in 1919, uh, back in 2016. Oh. Uh, well, here is a moment, uh, kind of hiatus in this whole English, uh, English language thing. In 20, uh, 2014, 2015, and uh, yeah, these two years, things were changing online. Okay. We started having all this digital marketing thing. People saying that you can be fluent in English in six months, or you can ha you have to speak like a native speaker. So it was the moment that people we started uh, people with money. They started uh, adding advertising their business, and mm. I kind of got you know tired of all that uh, uh, thing. I thought, man, these guys are crazy. I don't want to be in this world anymore. I don't want to be next. There are some people I knew were attacking my work because, you know, they had to do something in order to say, hey, we are better than anybody else. Uh -huh. So in January 2016, 2016, I decided to uh, kind of stop for a while. Not 100%, but like, let's say 85% I stopped. Okay. Uh, producing content to English Ponto da Língua, uh, YouTube, blog, Instagram, and everything. And I started, um, I was having some personal problems in life as well, as usually happens. So photography was the, the, the thing for me to get away from this world. I would grab my camera, I would go to a quiet place, be there, paying attention to nature and taking photos of landscape. Mm -hmm. then I started taking uh, pictures of people and uh, I learned a lot of things I read a lot of books I watched a lot of movies I made few, uh, some money a little money not a lot of money okay mm -hmm. uh, but it, yeah photography was really nice was uh, it gave me another way to see things in the world you know to pay attention to uh, shapes attention to the way people move what people do uh, why they build things in one way and how we can take the best picture, the best angle for that moment. I see. Uh, pay I see. attention to the sunset, pay attention to sunrise, pay attention to, you know, things in life. Like things the details, that we don't yeah? Huh? Well, I mean, details in general. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird because now when I go out, I pay attention to even clouds, the way that I see clouds or... Uh, a small flower in one place, then don't take the picture like this, change a little bit here, the camera like this, and then you have a better picture and people say, it's not the same picture, I was there with you. How is it possible that you took a better picture than I did? And say, yeah, you know, uh, I know it's crazy and it really is. I see, I see. Maybe the eye of the photographer makes it better, right? I, I Yeah, I have a photo, a, a photo uh, that uh, I was here, it was sunset. I, we stopped at the car. I was with a group of Americans. And at the time I had an iPhone 7. Okay. And this American friend of mine, uh, he also had an iPhone 7. 
and we stopped at the the district uh, uh, on the road to take a picture because I saw this little house with the water, the sunset, and everything. It was you know, I saw that for a moment. And said, "Hey, stop the car! I want to take this picture." Is and but I didn't have the camera. I like I love taking with pictures like that with my camera. But I had only the cell phone and I said, okay, you know, as a photographer, you have to use whatever you have in hands because, you know, it's your eye. It's not the technology. I see. And I took the picture and the guy next to my side with a, 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 an iPhone 7 as well, he took the, the very same picture. But when we went back to the car and I showed him my picture, he showed me his and said, we were there. It's the same place. It's the same everything. But your, your picture is still better than mine. How is that even possible? And said, because I set the, 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 the things in my cell phone to take the picture the way that I wanted to. I darkened here and there and there and here and there. And it's not editing. It's only changing the, 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 the settings in your camera. And you do this whole thing. And said, I got to learn that. And said, it's just learn to use your phone to take the picture. That, that, that's the only thing you have to learn. And of course, be it how you are going to imagine that uh, landscape that scene in your mind uh-huh. okay so this makes a huge difference it's really nice to learn this i loved it i think it's uh an interesting topic to learn about i'm terrible at sure. taking photos you know but <laughs> i do like to take them if you access our instagram you're gonna see thousands and thousands of pictures the students who come to me if i say no pictures again no please you know <laughs> But it's mine. It's something I'm really terrible. But uh, I'm terrible with pictures. Uh, when it comes to taking pictures of me or uh, with friends, I don't take them. Really? I take pictures of others. But uh, yeah, even my Instagram, my personal Instagram is only photo, uh, uh, pictures of others, not pictures mm-hmm. of me or my family. And, you know, yeah. Well, well, man, I'd like to ask you the last question, because as I said, I must go to the supermarket right after we stop this recording okay. here. Okay. <laughs> so I'd like to ask you, it's a question more for me than for the audience. Okay. About okay. your agenda today, like, is there a possibility of somebody studying like a, a private class with you or a course that you developed? How is your agenda yeah. today? Well, uh, Eduardo, now I don't give private lessons anymore. It's been mm-hmm. a, quite a, a while since I last had uh, private learners with me. Uh-huh. I don't teach one-to-one because I really don't have the time. I have to, you know, I have some responsibilities with uh, the partners I have in English and Ponto da Língua. But I have the course, uh, I have courses on English and Ponto da Língua for learners and also for teachers. So I have this English matrix Mm -hmm. uh, course, which is a a course with 25 modules. And it's for uh, basic learners of English and also intermediate learners of English. Okay. Uh, We have like four or five lessons in each module. It's okay. a lot of things. It's not only about English, but about learning to learn the language. I have a course called uh, English, Aprender Inglês com Chunks. Uh, I only talk about chunks of language in this course. There mm-hmm. is no English language classes or things like that. You, of course, you're going to learn some English, mm-hmm. but not the way that you are going to learn in the English matrix. Uh-huh. I also have the collocations course for vocabulary. I have and the... Okay, yeah. And the lexical teacher, right, which is a course for teachers, only for Uh teachers. Uh, And I talk about methods, approaches, 
paradigms, uh, language teaching, language learning, the science of language teaching and language learning. I have About English three, matrix, that... Huh? I have these three, the chunks, the collocations, and the... the the lexical teacher. Yeah, the lexical teacher. Yeah. Okay, yeah. The, the matrix, I, I don't have it yet, but I guess it's not <laughs> the, the moment, you know? Uh, the, uh, the one thing about English matrix, people keep asking me, why English matrix? Why matrix? Are you a fan of the, 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 the movies? I say, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of the movies. I like, well, matrix one, two, and three are awesome, but the, the last one is terrible. I didn't but okay. watch it yet. Yeah, no, don't don't even waste your time, you know. Oh, wow. Okay. Anyways, well, you may like it. It's up to you. So I tell people, you know, when we were discussing the name for the for the course, I thought, of, okay, English fluency. Nah, it's a lot of people make use of that word. English blah blah blah. Nah, it's not okay because someone kind of used that one. English uh -huh. blah, blah no. And then I thought, why not English Matrix? And everybody was like, why English Matrix? Well, you know, people keep saying that I was at the beginning of the, 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 this English language thing. Uh, I am a kind of, uh, uh, people come to me to ask questions, to know things, or even to clear their, their doubts. So I am a kind of uh, source of information for everyone. And I kind of uh, originated a lot of uh, English language teachers who are online today. So mm. I influenced a lot of people. So I am a kind of matrix to them. I am the beginning. So English matrix, why not? The website, English Ponto da Lingua, people go to this website in order to get information about expressions, how to learn the language, how to teach the language. So I am at the beginning. And what is the idea of a, a, a matrix? It's the beginning of everything. So English matrix. And they said, okay, that's... Wonderful. <laughs> Man, I, wow. <laughs> now you explained the, the world to me. I mean, for sure, English Matrix. You were there when nobody else was there. It makes so that, sense. That, that is it. And when it, when it comes to starting a new town, uh, they had the, the, the Igreja Matriz, the main mm -hmm. church. And why was it called Igreja Matriz? Because it was the center of the town. Everybody would go to the church. Uh -huh. So it was the beginning of the whole thing. So I said, why not, you know, English Matrix? It's not only because of the movie, which is, you know, I like it, uh -huh. uh, but also because of this idea of originating everything. We are the, I am the Matrix. I'm awfully sorry, but I am the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Some people Man. may not like, and you know, I, I tell people, uh, I, I'm not going to say the names, but we have some of these uh, American English language teachers or, or American English advertisers of courses. Uh, they learned Portuguese because of English na ponta língua. And I have their uh, I have their words from the past saying, hey, I learned a lot from your website. It's wonderful. I learned Portuguese. I have the big names uh, teaching English today uh, online, people who are making a lot of money. They were learning English from English na ponta da língua. Their, their comments, and they were asking questions, and their questions are on my website in 2007, 2008, 2009, uh, 2011. So I kind of helped some people also to get to be well-known in the field. So I am the Matrix. I'm awfully sorry, but I am the Matrix. You may not like that, but yes, I am the Matrix. People may not know the Matrix, but they know there, there, there is a Matrix, and the Matrix is me.
Yeah, <laughs> I, I really do believe you, Daniel. So I really do believe you because <laughs> I am one of those guys, you know. I mean, See? today, of course, I have my virtual course. I have my physical English school. I have my platform. And I always tell my students, guys, without this guy here, this Daniel so here, probably <laughs> VPFI wouldn't be here right now. So, man, I need to tell you, I am really, really thankful to your life, to your job, Thank to your you. dedication. <laughs> You're such Thank a you. great guy, man. Such a great Thank guy. You. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for being here on my podcast. It's, it's a real pleasure. When I told my pleasure wife... Pleasure is all mine. Thank I, you very much for having me here. And I hope people have enjoyed this. If they oh. have enjoyed, please uh, go to inglesna.com.br. I am on Instagram. I am on YouTube. I give free classes every Monday. Uh, so people can join me there. I want to get the 1,000, uh, is one, no, 100,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. So I need three more, 3,000 more people. Be one of these 3,000, please. Okay, guys? Yes. There you go. Let's Thank you very much, Eduardo. Here. It's always a pleasure to talk to you as well, you know, because you've been following my work and helping me but uh, helping me in the way you may not know, but of course, all of you help me a lot. So for me, it's always a pleasure to share my story, share, share my ideas, my op opinions. And that's why I'm here with you. Thank you so much, man. No words to describe how much I enjoyed this moment. I told my wife, I am going to be with the New City Lima and I am going to ask all the questions I always wanted to know, you know? The other day, I, I was taking pictures of a friend of ours yesterday, and she said, she looked at him and said, I, I, I thought you were only a photographer. And they said, and, uh, <laughs> what do you know about me? Uh, my husband, he knows a lot about you. I said, oh, really? Is he, uh, you know, uh, FBI or, you know, federal police or something like that? She said, no, she likes English. So she, and he's been following you before we, uh, I met him. And I said, oh, really? And she started saying, oh, he likes your job. He likes you. I said, okay, so now I, ha I have a fan. She said, yeah. And he can't believe that you take pictures. And I said, why not? It's a, a job like any other. Well, it's not my job. I do it for fun. Uh -huh. But it's nice to have this kind of, kind of feedback. And I thank you very much for that. All of you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. So I'll go to the supermarket, but I'll keep okay, thinking about there. this conversation <laughs> until forever. Okay, my okay. friend? Thank you. Have a great nice one. Nice shopping. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye, man. <laughs>